Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. Messages can come in various forms from different places and people. They come from people you know and some you don't. They can be expected or unexpected. They can have one meaning that's interpreted differently. You can be the sender, the carrier, or the recipient of the message. Messages are designed to bring news, tidings, announcements, and urgencies just to name a few. Some require response, while others are just informative. They can be delivered on paper, person, phone, text, and email. They used to come by telegraph, pigeon, horse, and even in a bottle. Have you ever considered as a disciple of Jesus, God entrusts you with his message? Are you carrying and delivering God's message as God intends it to be delivered? You got your tanks? Let's dive in. This segment is titled, Discipleship, The Way of Life. What's the message? Now, I'd like to just cut to the quick. In other words, just get to the heart of the matter. I am so thankful as a disciple of Jesus, I don't have to depend on oral communication of God's word, truths, promises, statutes, ordinances, decrees, warnings, and judgments from the mouth and heart of another to my ears and heart. God has given me his messages in written form, so as his disciple, I can read, reread his messages over and over and apply them all to my life with total dependence on the power and work of God the Holy Spirit. God has provided his spirit to be the helper, to teach, to guide, to convict, to prompt, to lead, and direct his disciples as they read, study, and meditate on his messages. Have you ever looked at God's word as a message versus just a lot of stories or a lot of words on the page? God's purpose and plan is to provide his messages in a very understandable way, which equips his disciples. The more you grow in understanding, you begin to live out God's truths in your life daily. You then begin to teach other disciples God's truths, and his written word is the manual used for being and making disciples. God's messages are very clear if you would just look at the pure milk of his word. But I will offer that you must ask God the Holy Spirit for help because we all need understanding and guidance so God's messages can come alive in you. I'm here to testify that God desires the same for you because when you imitate his life, then God uses his disciples to make disciples, replication in other words, just like he did when he made the initial converts, disciples. For example, God has a message regarding his word, and it says, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Now, Please don't go thinking for one minute that was my work. No, it's God's work. It's 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. So the pure milk of the message is all. And when God says all, I hope you heard he means all, of his word is from him. He inspired it. He's the author of it. We're just the pens. So it doesn't matter how you get it 
or whom you get it from, the author is God. It has never been from the mental prowess of any of the writers God used. No, it was God. Was God, is God, and will always be God doing the work. They were just his pen. So, no more credit due to any human for responding to God's calling on their life to be the instrument he deemed to use. Amen? I mean, after all, I would wonder and want to say, Oh, day, it's really great. Eh? But it's not. It's really God. Praise God for using that ashtray. Praise God for using that garbage can or fire hydrant or whatever he uses. It's not the garbage can that you want to praise. You want to praise what God has done with the garbage can. God desires the glory of his work to be praised in and through humanity. Amen? Now, if God's word, all of it, is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, may I ask, why would anyone in their right mind use anything other than what God says that all of his scriptures can provide for you. God provides the means and ability to complete every teaching, every reproof, every correction, every training, every time, and you will be profitable doing it. Do you believe this is true? I mean, every business on this planet wants to be profitable, yet they will not have the ability to be such and yet they seem to fail in their business because they will not do the things that will bring forth the result of profitability thus they fail could that be the same for those who fail to believe or have faith in God that they seem to fail when it comes to teaching for reproof for correction and training it makes me wonder why is God's word only sprinkled in when it should always be the focal point of the message when disciples gather to be instructed, admonished, developed, and educated. So when God entrusts you with his message, I believe God expects you to deliver the message exactly as he has given the message to you. And when you as a disciple of Jesus encounter a person whose life circumstance, event, or trial, excuse me, I bit my lip on that one. When, when you as a disciple of Jesus encounter a person whose life circumstance, event, or trial is in the same context of a person, event, circumstance, or trial mentioned and already lived out in God's word, then regardless of the linear line of time, you have the opportunity to either remind them of God's message and how he expects them to respond or teach them God's message on how it applies to their life. I believe it's really that simple. We just try to overcomplicate a very simple thing called salvation and one's need to be saved. So, for example, a person you know is struggling with the understanding between the difference of being tempted and actually committing sin that is opposed to God. Could you think of one of God's messages of how being tempted can lead to sin? 
and something to be very mindful is just because one is tempted it doesn't necessarily mean that sin is inevitable we know that because Jesus was tempted in every way and yet did not sin so there's a possibility exist now whether we can attain that I guess it depends on how faithful we'll stand in the truth of who God is and recognize it sometimes it's very deceptive However, it means, though, that temptation does come when someone is carried away and enticed by their own lust. And please understand, it's not always sexual in association to the word lust. To lust means to desire, to yearn, or long for. So see, you could lust for success, you could lust for recognition, you could lust for power, you could lust for money. You can also lust for sex, no question about it. It's not out of there by any means. But if it creates some longing, some desire, some means that's going to give you something your flesh needs, then you're lusting. But listen to what God says in the book of James about the cyclical downward spiral. It's James 1, 13 through 15. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Here are two examples of being carried away and enticed. One is in the book of Genesis, when Eve was tempted. And the other is David, when he was king, in the book of 2 Samuel, and he was tempted. Both involved lust, although they were a different type. They both had disastrous results. Both were tempted because of lust. And when Eve reached for the fruit, she gave into the temptation. And when David took Bathsheba, he gave into the temptation. Both of their actions resulted in sin. And believe me, sin shows no partiality. It injures and destroys everything. It will damage everything. You, others, and most importantly, your relationship with God. And the amazing thing, which is truly horrible, by the way, and death follows right behind its destruction. Just like God said it would. And what lust causes you to do is to deceive yourself, making you believe the masquerade. You begin to believe and live out the mindset that you can do what you feel regardless, and you need to feel it until you get satisfied. Lust is a learned conditional sin that originates in your mind. It's deception that makes you feel fine 
only to find out destruction and damage is crashing in all around you and upon you and the relationships are falling apart at the seams and become damaged and in some cases destroyed. Look around you. Do you see any evidence in your life or in the life of someone you know that damaged, totally destroyed relationships and lives everywhere? Because if you do, then you must know that lust was the detonator that caused that explosion. That's why it's so crucial to have your spiritual wholeness and have other disciples of Jesus actively involved in your life and not just sparingly, which is really an association with and not really walking in the truth with you. These disciples that God places in your life, by the way, must be more than a fire hydrant, only needed when there's a fire or a pit stop for a dog along the way. God intentionally places disciples in your life because he knows that there has to be a need for accountability for circumstances, events, and trials that are a necessity because you are to rely upon each other's strength, each other's spirituality, each other's discipline, the faithfulness, the confidentiality, and the spiritual encouragement needed to persevere and endure. Believe that. But you must be open and reach out and not try to conceal like David, which only fuels the adversary's destructive schemes to intensify your temptation, which is designed to lead you to unfaithfulness to God. And you are being carried away and enticed by your own lust. Just remember, lust is not an ugly thing that you would just push away without any consideration. No, it is very appealing. But you better remember God's message on what will happen once lust begin to occupy your heart. It's going to leak into your mind. Because the only way to defeat it is to recognize it before it carries you away. Amen? This just confirms that although Eve and David are not in our space of this linear line of time, nor did we actually witness their fall, it's truly amazing to see and understand how God's word does apply to you and me today. As a disciple of Jesus, God has entrusted you with numerous messages which can be found and referenced in his word. And remember, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Oh, well, that's right. Well, we weren't then. But see, here we go again with that them in us. Today, his living word is dwelling in you. You're actually better when he was walking because now he's in you. You didn't leave and come back. You must always be confident in God's word and work in and through you, his disciple. Never be ashamed of God's message will do anything other than what God intends for it to do. That's your reference to Isaiah 55:11. You must be faithful in delivering it. When you are the messenger, you should never preconceive anything, like how they will receive it, nor like or dislike me. God expects his disciples to deliver his message out of love and obedience. Your love for humanity must be like his. And you might even add just in there. 
Your love for humanity must be just like his. Yes, there will be some messages from God that penetrate down to one's soul. I know he has done that to me. I pray I am not the only one that can testify to the truth and work of God and his messages penetrating to your soul. But if there is what God desires and it gets the attention of the soul it was intended for, then all the more you as a faithful disciple must communicate the message exactly as God has verbalized it. And regardless of the result that may be felt by the receiver of God's message, you must be intentional and purposeful in delivering it without reservation or preconceived notions. I mean, listen to what God says, or God's message, you could say it this way, because that's the core of our Godcast today. Mark 9, 7, God said this. This is my beloved son, listen to him. God the Father's message is quite clear. Listen to Jesus. In order for us to do the will of the Father as his disciple, we need to listen because you are faithful as a disciple of Jesus. He will speak into your life. We are here to listen to Jesus and him alone. Because if God the Father desired for us as his disciples to listen to someone else, he would have told us. Remember, it's having faith in Jesus alone. Disciples of Jesus must listen. First, you must believe that he does speak because he's alive. You must believe he speaks in his word because his word is just that, his words. He also speaks to his disciples personally. He did then and he does now. He hasn't changed and Hebrews 13.8 confirms that truth. And anything else that is said other than that truth is a lie. Believe that. God the Father has given his disciples a command. Listen to him. This is not a consideration as God the Father is giving you an option to consider or he's suggesting you consider or I recommend you consider listening to him. No, listen to him. It's a command to listen. How are you demonstrating faithfulness in listening to him and doing what God the Father commands? To listen to Jesus is to obey him and his commands. To live as you have this new life change. Your mind is being renewed by his words and your life and work is being carried out with spending eternity with God in his presence in the forefront of your mind. Because there will be no such thing as the end of God's presence. So live that way. And finally, Ephesians 4.15. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. In order to speak truth, you got to know truth. Because if not, then it's just mere words. So here is in other words for you. God says in John 14.6, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, speak Jesus in love. Speak that love of God never fails. Jesus' love is unending. Jesus' love is pure. Jesus' love for you. He sent me for caring and discipling their souls. And if Jesus loves you that much, 
then his love never fails. Use it. Speak the truth in love. It's not for us to convict or condemn, but truth is truth. So if you are saying exactly what God's word says because God spoke it in love, you are repeating exactly what he said. So you are speaking the truth in love by repeating him. So where's the problem? It's got to be in the soil where the word penetrated, not from the vessel that was the carrier of the living water. Listen to this. We are to grow up in all aspects. To grow up is to mature in our spirituality. You can't remain a babe. You gotta grow up. I used to hate that when I used to say, David, you grow up. Yeah. There's got to come a time as a disciple of Jesus when you need solid food for your nourishment. I mean, my goodness. I love watching my new grandson, he's just turned five months old, growing beyond mama's milk. You should see him. And I know you probably have seen your own, but I'm going to brag on mine. Reaching, taking, and devouring those sweet potatoes. Amazing. His face. The joy of this new texture, this new taste. This new flavor, that's, that's like ingesting God's word and, 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 and your mind that was controlled by these lustful thoughts or this pornography or whatever it was, the sin that was just graveling around and around in your brain is finally dissipating away. And now God's truth is circulating throughout your mind. Is God's word like that for you? We must remain in God's truths. I mean, won't we be like him forever? And isn't that living in his truth forever? So what's precluding you from growing up in all? And there's that word again, and I hope I don't have to repeat it again. But when God says all, therefore all would include standing firm in the truth of God and rejecting all the lies and all the deceitful scheming of the devil and when we speak God's truth the way God speaks it how can you be wrong for delivering God's message to the ears and heart that God designated or ordained to hear did you know that that was the heart or are you quenching the spirit because your flesh, which by the way is an instrument of your adversary, is trying to control what your spirit and calling on your life is called to do? Don't you want to grow up? How will you grow if you keep sipping on skim milk, by the way? Therefore, we are, as disciples of Jesus, going to face conflict, battles, opposition, disagreements, resistance, defiance, and all that goes with spiritual warfare. Remember your armor? It still applies in your daily walk as a disciple of Jesus. Amen? Remember God's message on spiritual warfare and what you need to experience spiritual victory? If not, Go read Ephesians 6, 10-17 again. And you can go back and listen to the Godcast 
called the armor of God. Discipleship, the way of life, the armor of God. It still applies. It isn't something that's in the rearview mirror now. It's on your windshield. It's on the forefront of your head. It's in your vision to see. And based on just touching on a couple, God's messages go on and on and on. And they will go on and on and on forever. So, as we head back up, take this with you. When God places his message on your heart, it could be for you or he is preparing you for the deliverance of his message. Either way, pray for wisdom, discernment, courage, and understanding. Asking him, God's message through you to someone else does not require your interpretation. Just deliver the message. When God gives you a message to deliver, He, let me repeat that, He will designate the who, what, and when. You don't need to worry about trying to figure it out. Just move. God's messages never will require apologies or disclaimers. Because his words always apply. <laughs> so, no, no need. To, I'm sorry that God's word applies to your life. I'm sorry that God is, well, I don't know how you're going to feel about what God says. No, don't need to. Just deliver the message. When your testimony is your message of God's work, then your words and actions must be consistent and align with God's word, truths, and promises. As simple as that. When there is a message to be given, God will either lead them to you or lead you to them. Just be on alert, awaiting the order or command, if you will, to go. Make disciples. When God desires for the message to be delivered face-to-face as a faithful disciple, you immediately respond and do what God desires because what you may not know, time could be of the essence for either one of you. And remember, God's word is in real time. And his messages regarding his word are for his disciples to live out regardless of where you are standing on the linear line of time. Amen. <sighs> Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I would have never thought that you would have used me as a vessel, a conduit, 
a spring of living water to just testify to the wonderful work that you can perform in the lives of your people. I pray today that someone new who hasn't heard this Godcast before, you will lead them to it. And that these words today will be an encouragement to them. And that they who have been looking for hope, who have been looking for a way out of the damage and destruction they have caused in their own life as a result of sin, would then be the new carrier of the message. Thank you for the thousands of messages. Thank you for your faithfulness to make sure that your messages still keep going on and on because we desperately need to hear them and be reminded of your faithfulness and your love for us and the fullness of life you promised in Jesus. Thank you for today. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercy, your grace. Truly understanding the need for it. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you. And are so grateful. So, so grateful for Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.